Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. You, your co-host, Daryl Amy, here with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Oh, I'm sweltering out here. So I don't want you to complain that the weather, I, you know, I have all this great phenomenal weather. It has just been a sweat hot box all weekend long out here. We set record temperatures all weekend, Daryl. Well, hey, if you can't stand the heat, Larry, come on, man. I know, get out of the kitchen. Come on, <laughs> stop it. So I did. I tried to get out of the kitchen. I tried to cool off. But it's it's just tough. Uh, you I'm, know not gonna I'm not going to complain. It's summertime, so we're just uh, yeah. The the fiddles, uh, the violins are playing. We all, we feel so sorry for your uh, uh, metro uh, L.A. Uh, Mar- oh, it's just crazy. I can see our guest right now who lives in Michigan, looking at like I know he's on, just like, seriously. I know. So come I on. Our, our guests, you know, you, our guest is used to humidity. You're used to humidity. You're going, stop the whining, right? Try try being where it's 90 and 90% humidity and then tell me what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Just take, sip some more of your California wine and quit complaining. I know. Stop. By the way, uh, <laughs> welcome back, everybody, to the Song from the Heart podcast. We have a great uh, show today. We've got a, a fantastic guest. But as we get started, if you're new to the podcast, we're glad you're here. You've joined an irreverent community of people, uh, sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, uh, doing the hard work. We call it selling from the heart. It's the difference maker. And uh, speaking of selling from the heart, Larry, it is so exciting seeing the book. Uh, I'm seeing the final draft now. It's coming together. It won't be much longer till the website's launched. Then we're going to have the autographed copies of the books in our hands uh, it's going to be fantastic. I'm so looking forward to it, Larry. The feedback's been phenomenal. And uh, a big shout out uh, to, uh, to just all of our friends who've been encouraging you in this journey. It's, you know, you know um, sometimes I, I, I always say I want to pinch and poke myself and, and sometimes I just want to cry because, you know, I set on this journey in November to write Selling from the Heart because that's just, that was my approach to the market all the time. I was, I was a real deal. I was genuine. I wore my emotions on the sleeves and I go, you know what? I'm just sick and tired of sales facades and it's about time that somebody leads the charge. And what's, what's really interesting before we introduce our guests is I, I just, I really wanted to give one quick shout out if I can to Keenan. And it's, it's not a suck up because he wrote me a really nice uh, reference for my book, but he was this to say that social doesn't work is just not true because if you really stay true, genuine to who you are, great things happen. And if you stay true to your core beliefs, you understand your vision and your values, great things happen. And I, re- and just, this is kind of full circle and I'll, we'll lead into introducing our guests, but hopefully, you know, I want the listeners to really latch onto this is the same way you act face to face is the same way you must act online. And we just live in a world of fakeness and, and, you know, everyone's trying to, you know, portray themselves as somebody that I I can guarantee they're not. And when I reached out to Keenan and really shared my story with him, this goes back, you know, two and a half, three years ago, December of 2015, he really, you know, he shared his story and I shared mine Mm -hmm. and to come full circle, he was the biggest inspiration that I started writing like a madman. 
And, you know, to come full circle now, to have to read his book to now where Keenan's read the rough draft of my book, it's kind of like a, it's, it's awe-inspiring. And I just wanted just to say, you know what, you know, Keenan's big thing is how do you rise above digital obscurity? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a world full of fakeness and facades, the biggest way to rise above obscurity is to be genuine, be the real deal, speak from the heart. Um, so I just wanted to share that as Spot on. we lead into someone who just shares the same values. And, and mm-hmm. I met Jeff the same way I met Keenan. You know, we met a couple years ago and we really didn't take our relationship, you know, at a heart until this year. And, you know, I'll, I'll throw the honus on my back. But Jeff's the real deal. He's a genuine guy. He's truly walks selling from the heart. I've been on the why and the buy. <laughs> Great Jeff podcast. Chris. Great podcast. Keenan's been on it as well. So without further ado, Jeff Bajoric, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here again. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big so Total insider joke. Well, That's an insider. We're familiar with this uh, for reasons unspoken. But you know, the first question we always ask our guests is when you hear the word sell from the heart, Jeff, what does that mean to you? To me, it means staying true to yourself. It means, you know, going out and knowing that you can create change and help people without feeling like you need to shower after you're done, mm-hmm. without feeling. Uh, unsatisfied with your tactics and thus feeling unsatisfied with your ethics. Selling is not something you do to somebody. And I heard Anthony Iannarino say that first. And uh, so I'll give him credit because I feel like we share a brain, though his is much further advanced than mine, it, it seems. But it's just be true to yourself. Be Go out and do what you know you're capable of doing. Understand why you do it. Not to borrow from our line on um, the, the why and the buy, but when you're so well connected to why you're doing things, you can do things properly and effectively and in a way that makes everybody win. And it's selling's not a means to an end. And when you treat it that way, that's when it feels gross. Yeah, you, you know, it was really interesting you say that. Daryl and I were speaking about it. Actually, we're speaking about it today is – Sales reps in general struggle with really understanding their vision and their values. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of just, they, the first word that comes to mind is Waller, right? They kind of Waller through life. They go day by day. Um, <laughs> Waller. Nice word. Waller. That's, that's, oh man, I paid money for that word. I, can you use that in a sentence? Oh wait, you just did. Sorry. I just did. It's almost <laughs> like, you know what? It's almost like weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. They kind of just like Waller. Now I'm really dating myself, guys. Yeah, no, I, I remember that. I'm going to spell that in the show notes. I'm sorry, Larry. Go ahead. No, yeah, I can already tell how this podcast is going to go. So, <laughs> when you're, if you're listening, hang on because you're in for a ride. But, but the whole thing, it, it's true, is if we don't understand our visions, we can't articulate a value, don't know our story, we don't know why we're doing it, then what are we? We're an empty suit that's just out there talking about product, talking about solution, talking about everything else that every other salesperson on the face of the earth is mm-hmm. talking about. And that's what selling from the heart professionals are not. They understand their vision. They understand their values. And more importantly, they know how to bring the goods. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we want to focus our conversation today on on the early part of the sales process, which is prospecting, something that that is part of every sales process. There's no way around that. And, uh, and uh, Jeff, I love the the passion you bring and the, the wisdom you bring around prospecting and um, if you haven't seen Jeff's new book, The Five Forgotten Fundamentals of Prospecting, 
Um, he, you got to check that out. We'll put that in the show notes. But I, I want you to know that today we're bringing a lot of fresh wisdom inside this. But if you think about prospecting, I mean, so much prospecting is uh, anything but genuine, right? I mean, it's it's going through at best, it's going through the motions, um, and you know, it's it it is. Uh, it's just, it's just brutal in, in so many cases. And in many cases, just not done. But if we were to think about prospecting from the perspective of selling from the heart, maybe even to say prospecting from the heart, I just want to throw it out to us today to, to think about what would it mean to be genuine, authentic, doing hard work, because prospecting is hard work. What would it mean to prospect from the heart? And how could we get there? So I'll just throw that out to to everybody today. And I know some good stuff's going to come out of that question. Prospecting well, from the heart. I think you, to prospect from the heart is really the same thing as selling from the heart. But if you, so having that connection to your why, but then understanding whether it's over the phone, whether it's over social media, whether it's door to door. I mean, I sold door to door for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Like, that's And that's how it's done. That's not because I'm some antiquated laggard salesperson that's just because that's how the art and the, the science of the trade are carried out in the medical device industry. But it's understanding what you bring to the table that nobody else does and having a passion to help people with that difference and, and with that solution. And when you believe so fully about something, you can carry out almost any activity. And that mm. doesn't mean that it's fun getting door slammed in your face. It doesn't mean that it's fun, you know, being told, no, don't ever come back here again. It's, it, I mean, I was never escorted off the property or anything like that. But, you know, salespeople are driven and motivated to win. And sometimes you go a little bit of a stretch without winning. And that ego hit is really, really difficult. Um, and, you know, statistically speaking, a great salesperson is going to fail, quote unquote, two mm-hmm. out of three times. You have to be prepared for the arduous work that, it takes to be successful. And you have to believe so much in what you're there to do that you're willing to do that work, even though the wins are going to be spread out a little bit. And those wins have to be worth it. And you have to do it in a way you can hold your head high. And that's really the only way that you can succeed in this game. Because as Larry said, you've got to be the same person online as you are in person. And oh, online matters. And it's ridiculous to me that we're even having that kind of an argument or discussion anymore. Like there are people, oh, it doesn't work. Like, okay, I can tell you this. It it is not an effective way, like in medical devices where I came out, it's going to be very, very difficult to um, start a business from the ground up on only a social media basis. But I don't know a social media practitioner, a social seller, or someone who uses social media to sell. I don't know of a practitioner worth their salt who uses only social media anyway. So no one's even saying that. Of course. The way I've always approached it is when people go to look for me, what are they going to find? And when I first started looking myself up, when I first started Googling myself and I saw cross country state championship race times from high school and I was in my mid to late twenties, I was like, wow, that's not me anymore. Like, listen, I don't even look like to be. And and so it's like, how do you, you know, and who doesn't go to Google? Who doesn't go and search it, look up the people. So what does your reputation say about you? And, you know, I create a lot of content. I'm not real good at distributing it, but I know if anybody ever goes to look me up, they're going to find what I believe in, what I stand for. And that is part of the equation too. So how do you argue with that? 
Yeah, yeah, I think you, that's spot you know, on. If you're going to prospect from the heart, you need to do do that hard work behind the scenes to make sure that that you've got stuff to back up what you're saying. And by the way, Larry, I know you've been kicked out of buildings. I certainly have <laughs> along the way, but uh, that's good. And and I think knowing knowing that that taking that belief uh, first of all, and then translating that into uh, into something that's tangible online that people can see um, when they're vetting you out is, is a huge part of prospecting for art. Most reps don't take the time to do that. Uh, no. And, 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 you know, and, and that's why I always throw out there and, and it's one of my most famous quotes of all times. And, and, and I'll really explain why I said that is I always say sales reps have hypnotized themselves into believing what they're not doing doesn't work. <laughs> and, and, there, and there's and, you know, there's a method to this because they're always saying this doesn't work or that doesn't work. You, you guys, you aren't doing it to begin with. So how do you know right. it doesn't work? So I, I really want to throw a twist on this because um, it, it really stems off of actually our podcast from this past week outside yes. of the technical difficulty really is we started talking about sales discouragement and not getting invited to the pity party. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, I want to even take a step, you know, a step farther in that is sales reps got to stop, you know, the prospecting pity party. And, and I think where, where it really starts, and I want to flip this one on its ear and get your feedback is the reason why I think a lot of sales reps struggle with prospecting is obviously a, they don't know themselves. They don't know their why and all that, but why don't they get reacquainted with their clients and ask their clients, you know, how they've been able to help them do better business. What words would they use to describe the work I've been doing for you? Because at that point, they can start prospecting for something that I want to flip the minds on. It's prospecting for another new conversation. Mm-hmm. The problem with most sales reps is they're inconsistently prospecting and they prospect for a deal that's going to happen right then and there. And then they get the crap beat out of them when they find it. Instead of doing it every single day where they prospect for a new conversation, they prospect for a new relationship. Oh, and by the way, they still have to prospect to fit it in that tight window, right? And I totally respect it. But when you're consistent in prospecting for new relationships and new conversations, you'll be amazed what starts to happen. And how many times do you go into a current account or the office of a customer and you have the conversation just because you want to have one of those conversations that you just be, that you're that you're talking about. You be, have the conversation where it is uh, revealed to you that they've got some plans six months from now, nine months from now, a year from now, two years from now, and you know that they're starting to build something. Uh, something is going on in the larger organization that since your ear is to the ground you can um, understand how you can help them even before you need it. So that doesn't necessarily go in your CRM. It doesn't go into your pipeline, so to speak, but you know that something is coming up that you're going to want to pay attention to. And so you're going to be ahead of all your competitors who are in there prospecting in that it's really a five day window, right? Because so many pro- so much prospecting happens in the last week of the month. You're prospecting at the first week of the month for next year, second quarter, right. Because you know of a, pro- a project that's happening there, you can start to lay that groundwork before anybody even gets in. You've got a deal signed, and if you if you you know, the tunnel vision is is uh, a terrible epidemic. And when you're only focused about what's going to happen this week, this month, maybe this quarter, it's mm-hmm. a terrible cycle to get in. Yeah, and and it's bad. That's why I just said, you know, unfortunately, they fall into that. Sales reps are consistently inconsistent, and and mm-hmm. and that's you know, and and that's the issue is. 
you know, I, I respect we got to sell something in 30 days. I respect you got to hit your quarter numbers. I respect that you got to hit your year end bonus and all that. I get it. Right. We've all been there, done that. But when so- something, something has to be said about being consistent. Right. And, you know, consistency does a lot of great things. The pro- the problem is, is no one's consistent or very few for that matter, are consistent with their levels of prospecting. And all they're really doing is cheating themselves and their company they work for. Because yeah, what's going what's gonna to make you consistent? And I think, you know, the very first thing you said, Jeff, was I think the ball game on this, which is you got to have a passion to help, like truly mm-hmm. believing what you're doing in because it's, it's uh, I'll, you know, a, a parallel is uh, your health, right? If you want um, good health, you have to consistently do some things. You got to consistently exercise, consistently eat well. And, and outside of a burning, you know, passion, you know, for maybe it's family member, maybe it's grandkids, maybe whatever it is, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to maintain that, especially with, uh, in our, in our culture. So, you know, keeping that passion in front of you drives a consistency and, and sales professionals that, that want to self in the heart, um, you, you've got to do that on hard work on a consistent basis. And I think, that's keeping, you know, keeping the why in front of you, keeping the passion in front of you. And, and I'm just curious for you guys, what, what you think, um, you know, what can we do to keep ourselves connected with our why, with our, with our driving force? And I'm going to, I would preface this because I, I remember when I think about prospecting, I always, you know, I rewind back in time to the early days of my sales career in the early 90s. And, you know, this terrible, cheesy phrase, people said, you know, smile before you dial. And, uh, you know, it's just like, it smacks of insincerity. And I get it, I get it, I get it. But, you know, what if, uh, what if before I, quote unquote, dialed, and I know it looks different in today's world too, uh, before, I, before I engage in prospecting, what if I could like remember, put myself in a state of remembering why I'm doing what I'm doing, as you said, Jeff, or, or uh, what you said, Larry, you know, remembering how I've helped somebody and the difference I've made to a client. What if I could do that as I put myself into uh, the prospecting, but maybe the same way I've got a playlist on my iPhone that I play when I get ready to, you know, go spend some time on the elliptical machine or at the gym. What could we do to reconnect with um, our why? I think something that sales professionals would be um, shocked to hear the answer to is the question of their best customers. Why is it that you buy from me? Right? <laughs> yeah. I think most people would be surprised because a lot of people are going to assume and, and assume incorrectly why that is, but then taking the, taking those answers, actually go to your top 10 customers, mm-hmm. take those answers, mm-hmm. write them down, mm-hmm. put them on a piece of paper above your computer, put them underneath the glass on your desktop. Um, Put them on a wallpaper for your phone, yep. you know, behind your apps. Do something to remind yourself of the good you've done and the people you've helped in their words. Because then yes. it's not you telling yourself a story. See, the thing about smile before you dial is when you smile, you're telling yourself a story that you're right. happier than you really are. When you have <laughs> right. those testimonials, you are reminding yourself of how happy you make your own, your, your customers, people, or, uh, I'm sorry, you make your, you remind yourself of how happy you make your customers feel. And that's yes. got to make you feel happy if you're at all tied to your purpose. And if you're not tied to your purpose, go get a new job. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. So that, dude, that, 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 is, 
golden. That was good. Yeah, but that just, but that just, but you just nailed it because I always say, you know, how well can your clients tell your story? The, the issue is, is we're out telling stories based on our perception of what's going on, as opposed to telling the stories from the perception of our clients. And furthermore, how can our clients turn around and help tell those stories as well? Yeah. That's so yeah. good. And, but the questions aren't asked because it's, it's tough to get vulnerable. It's tough it, to put yourself in a position wow. to hear something that you may not want to hear, um, and which means that if you and, and think about this, if, if you never get vulnerable with your clients, you never give them permission to get vulnerable with you. Yeah. Uh, so if yeah. that level of a relationship is never broached, then I mean, what do you really have? And mm. it's you got to be willing to go where people aren't, uh, where other people aren't willing to go in order to really differentiate yourself. And, and sometimes that means going a little deeper. Sometimes that means showing some emotions. Sometimes it means uh, being willing to talk about some flaws. Um, but if you think about it, if you're asking to create change, you cannot create change unless there's some sort of admitting that you're not doing something as well as you could be doing. And in order to admit that you're not doing it as well as it could be done, it requires some vulnerability there. Well, no, you got to, as the sales pro, you've got to do that first. Mm. You've got to be willing to go there first. And there's too much, um, too much is given to the idea of perfection. And I've got it all figured out. I got it. I got news for you. Nobody's got it. Nobody's got it all figured out. It's no, they, no, there's they're zero. And, and we're only, we're only fooling ourselves. And I always, I always tell people, you know, there, there's one thing that we can all agree to agree on. You owe it to yourself that you can get better. It's just that you believe that, you know, you're at the pinnacle, right? Just because I've been in sales X number of years, I figured out, been there, done that, you know, let's just, let's just stop it because we all can get better. And, and, and it's just something when you, when you consistently fail to do something, when you consistently fail to ask yourself the why question, right? When you consistently yeah. fail to self-reflect, when you consistently fail to say, what am I grateful for and all that, it, it just becomes that, you know, Daryl and I were talking about it just becomes that self pity party. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you figure out ways you don't want to prospect and all that. And it's yeah. just, a, you, you know what? Prospecting is part of what salespeople have to do, regardless of what everybody else is out there saying. A true selling from the heart sales professional truly cares about building their own sales funnel and truly cares about taking care of their clients and truly cares about growing their business. And the only way to do that is to genuinely, authentically go out there on a consistent basis and tell your story on how you help your clients do better business. Yeah, but I want to go back to what you said earlier, Jeff. And, and I think this vulnerability thing is <sighs> massive and it takes so much courage, right, to bring that in, although if you can do it in your current customer office, in your current client's environment, it's a safer place to begin to practice being vulnerable. But um, I'm just, you know, I'm having all these flashbacks to uh, Brene Brown and one of my mm -hmm. favorite authors, Daring Greatly, you know, and she talks about how to have the courage to be vulnerable in life and parenting and all of that. But what if we could have the courage as a selling from the heart sales professionals to be vulnerable in the selling environment. I think what you said about we're asking our clients to be vulnerable, but we're not willing to take that, that step ourselves. Wow. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. But, but here, you know, it, but think about it though. If, you know, if you're in a relationship, I don't care if you're married or you're dating or whatever, at some point in time, mm -hmm. a truly genuine, authentic, relationship is based on both parties being vulnerable. 
Mm-hmm. So you're, you, you know, you're already being vulnerable to some point, but then when we think, okay, well now we got to flip it to our sales career, right? We're Mr. or Mrs. Macho. We can't be vulnerable because it shows mm-hmm. a sign of weakness, but yet we're already vulnerable because in our personal lives, we had to show some vulnerability. Yeah. See where I'm going with this, Jeff? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's right there, but it's, it's as if we feel we have to avoid it. It's, it's as if the, the sales professional is, um, is conditioned to believe that mm-hmm. vulnerability and imperfections make them weak, make them not worth it. And most salespeople, especially when it comes to prospecting, have a self-worth issue, which is why they have such a hard time prospecting. And the sales professional has been painted as some kind of jerk to begin with. So anything, uh, you know, anything close to that kind of bravado is misconstrued, both by the recipient and by the, the deliverer of that message. And it's it, Larry, it, it's, you, your statement is spot on. And I've always said that the, the stories we tell ourselves are the ones that are most powerful. And mm-hmm. so if you tell yourself not to be something and I've got to stay far, far away from that, I don't know how many times, I mean, we just had our air conditioner replaced. We were looking at replacing our water heater cause it's on a, its last legs, just stuff like that. People come in and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, please, please tell, try, just sell me something. And they say, Oh, we can, we can do this or this or this, this costs this much, this costs this much. You could upgrade and you could go this much and just let us know what you think. And I'm like, I think you failed to sell me something, right. but they, Oh, I've got a reputation for not putting my, uh, right. not making my clients uncomfortable and, and all this. And it's like, well, there's, there's different stages of discomfort and tension is necessary as a stimulus, but yes. don't, you don't have to be a jerk about it. No. And it's just one of those things where if you tell yourself you're not going to do that, you're also going back to the water cooler and complaining that you haven't made any sales that week or, or that month or that quarter. It's just, wow. just think about what it is that you need to do. Think about what it is we're here to do as professionals. Think about why you do it. And then go solve that problem in a way you feel good about. That is selling from a heart. It's what you guys talk about. Yeah. And, and, and it just it just boils back to practice, right? I, I mean, yeah. there, there's really no rocket science, in my opinion. I would say if you, you want to talk rocket science, I'll introduce you to my dad because he's a true rocket scientist. <laughs> but but here's the issue is it just boils down to practice, right? It, it's just, it, it's we find every excuse in the book not to practice the art of prospecting. And somebody asked me the other day, you know, well, what's the keys to success? And I go, it's quite simple. It's planning, preparation, and practice. If you can do all of those and you do it consistently, consistent things happen, but we're inconsistent with it. So when you don't practice prospecting, what happens? Yeah. It's, you're not, you know, you don't end up being very good at it. Right. Because um, you tell, you keep telling yourself why you're not any good at it because you've gotten beat up all the time. Well, at a certain point in time, you know, a tenured sales rep was out there beating the streets and banging the doors and doing all that because you had to. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what a great discussion today. And, you know, if you want to go deeper in this, I, you got to connect with Jeff, look him up on, on, uh, online. We'll give you the link to his website. Check out uh, the five forgotten fundamentals of prospecting. You get fired up. I, and I, Jeff, I just want to say thank you because I am so fired up after our conversation today. I feel like I can't wait to go back and listen to this again and take some notes because there are some massive gold nuggets in this. So I just want to challenge everybody, reconnect with your passion. Um, as Jeff said, if you, if you don't have that, get it, you know, even if you have to get another job, get the passion because that's what's going to drive your prospecting and reconnect with the way that you've helped your clients. 
Um, once again, Jeff, thank you so much. You're a kindred spirit. We're so honored to have you on the podcast. To everybody around the world who is uh, a part of the community, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Keep sharing this with your friends. Um, keep, keep being passionate. Keep doing the hard work. Keep being genuine. Keep being authentic. And most of all, sell from the heart.